0: Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk Shows on QSportsTalk.com. It's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Ooh,
1: Merry Christmas. Christmas, Christmas Alright, uh, we, we have doctors on standby for the amount of cookies that have been consumed in this in this studio for the last uh, couple hours in the office cookie competition today. I've I've finished all six now. Uh, Tune in next break, QSportsTalk.com. This is what happens when you have a lot of cookies. You can no longer communicate effectively, which is um, not ideal given the current business that we're engaged in. But uh, the current business we're engaged in is talking about the Bills. We're bringing our friend Dan Fates from Wham in Rochester. and I need to even hit the right button to get Dan on the air. That's where we're at here. Dan, um, we, we've got the office. It's a, it's a competition. We do these cooking competitions at the office every now and again. It, it's cook. It's Christmas cookie day, holiday cookie day. Uh, so I've just finished eating like the sixth and final cookie I put down in the last hour and a half. Uh, so you, may, you might need to carry this interview because I, I think some ter- terrible things are about to happen to me
0: here. Uh, what
1: was the what was the best cookie? Well, now see, I can't. I, I've already teased during the last break. We've been doing a lot during the breaks on QSportsTalk.com. dot com. So uh, next, after we're done here, Dan, you got to get to QSportsTalk.com, and I will be filling people in on the best I will, cookie. Absolutely. All right, but uh, I will tell you this: uh, the good news is, at least I've eaten six cookies. They were all good, so I, I didn't eat a trash okay. cookie. So that's. But the, the I, I must have just eaten like a thousand calories in cookies. It cannot be good. <laughs> All right. um, So you were you were at the game on Saturday night, and what uh, what an insane game! What a great game it was. Like that's football. I mean, you had the you had the weather, you had the snow came in late. You had two teams playing really well. Like that was just a good football game. Like what are you taking away from that game? Which is, I mean, that's everything you want out of a playoff game last Saturday. Which phone is that? Did we did we lose Dan there? Nope, oh, we've lost Dan. I don't think the busy signal is a is a good sign. It'll give me a chance to digest. Hopefully we'll get uh, Dan back on the line here in a second. But, I mean, what a crazy game. And you talk about weather games, and, you know, I think all of us, especially if you're sitting on side on the couch and all that, you, you love to get a good uh, weather game. But, like, that was the perfect order of a weather game. Like, it was, oh, oh, it's not snowing yet. It's nice out. Oh, is that a little flurry? And then by the end, the field is covered. They're wiping off the field to get the the final field goal and and all of that stuff, just uh, uh, beautiful stuff. But uh, let, let's get back to Dan. Dan, I, I don't know what happened. We lost you. We found you again. But um, <laughs> you got me. Yeah, I got you here. So um, all right. you, you're back. Uh, that just felt like the perfect kind of football game, right? Like the weather seeps in as the game's going along. These te- yeah. these teams are trading like just galactic punches at each other. I mean, that if you told me that game was in the playoffs, I'd believe you right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Brian. That's what I actually tweeted during the third or fourth quarter. I said it felt like a playoff game. Again, there there has not been a, It's funny. Rivalry gets thrown around so much, and you guys in Syracuse understand it that like Georgetown Syracuse is a rivalry. Like the for years, for two decades, the Bills had these fake rivalries with these teams in in their division because it didn't matter. It didn't matter if the bills beat the dolphins or vice versa, because they were all going to get crushed by Tom Brady and the Patriots anyway. So this is the first time that has really felt like this could be a rivalry that is brewing that will carry on for a decade. If Tua and Mike McDaniel and this offense continues to progress, because like you said, these two teams played two pretty epic games this year. Um, And the weather, you know, it was, Josh said it was ironic. He goes, I think that's the right term. He goes, because they play in Miami, they get the home field advantage of playing at 140 degrees on the surface of the sun. And then they played in a winter wonderland back in Buffalo. Like it was, you couldn't, the NFL scheduling committee couldn't have drawn it up any better. And it was, again, it felt like a playoff game.
1: Yeah, it did. I mean, it played out like a playoff game, and it. I think between the two games, I mean, literally the temperature difference between the two was like (laughs) eighty degrees difference between the two. It's wild uh, what happened going back to September in in Miami, and and then it's like Brian.
0: Let me just say, I I was going to say too about about those two games. Um, I don't think the better team won either game. (laughs) Yeah, you got a point. I. I I think in Miami, the Bills had over 500 yards of total offense. They just sputtered in the red zone and had some missed opportunities. They end up losing that game. Obviously, got players going down left and right. And I'm sorry, I thought Mike McDaniel coached a hell of a game. I thought he coached circles around the Bills for three and a half quarters until, for some reason, they abandoned the run. But this this was a game that we all thought there was no way the Bills could lose it because of that sense of Miami's such a finesse team to uh, the weather. There's no way they can do it. And I thought Mike McDaniel had a phenomenal game plan and coach circles around the bills. The only difference, Brian is, is that Josh Allen is incredible and he pretty much put the team on his back and carried them to a victory.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at the way it played out. I mean, Raheem Moster, and literally from the opening play of the game, he took the opening kickoff and had a big return and then had ripped off a few big runs on the first drive. Like he was outstanding You know, the the McDaniel stuff is interesting because I I have loved watching just all of the stuff he's done this year and all the the behind-the-scenes things. It's great. And, you know, you you think a lot of coaches that that maybe did the stuff like he did this week, the I wish it was colder shirt and, you know, there's all the signs and whatnot in the stands this week, which are great. Like, I I think a lot of coaches would do that, you know, trying to convince themselves or their team of it. Like, he's doing it, I guess, with enough of a wink that that it works for him in ways that would fail for other people.
0: Exactly. Exactly, right. I think that's 100%. I, I saw so many people being like, what a phony. He knows it's going to be cold. Oh, he's just... A- You're right. He knows it's going to be cold. It's a joke. He's joking around like Mike McDaniel. Like, if you only saw that clip of him walking around at practice with the air conditioning on in <laughs> Miami... And it says, I wish it was colder. You don't understand anything that Mike McDaniel has done in his entire coaching career. The guy's a goofball. Yeah. But he is genuinely a goofball. Like, his his uh, halftime interview with Peter Schrager was incredible. He, he, they're sitting there... Sean McDermott gives two-word answers. Peter Schrager asked him about his relationship with the refs because the, the fans were pelting their sideline with snowballs, and he's like, yeah, that's a you know, great working relationship with the refs. I just want to say it's a great job and uh, very cordial and a uh, nice coat. And then walked away. Like, it, this is a guy that told Justin Fields to stop running the ball because he was running all over him. Like, this guy is quirky, weird, but he's genuine. He's not trying to be Joe Judge trying to – imitate Bill Belichick. Or like that. This is who this weird guy is. And you know what? I give him a ton of credit because I think that like the Dolphins have this high-flying offense, Brian. They went into San Francisco and got punched in the mouth, and they got embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And I think McDaniel then said, hey guys, we're not going to change anything about what we do. They're the 49ers. They're probably one of the best defenses in the league. Don't worry about it. Let's go play the Chargers and keep doing what we're doing. And then the Chargers punched them in the mouth. And then McDaniel said, hey, we might change some things up because apparently everybody knows how to stop us now. And guess what? He did. He made adjustments. That offense, they hadn't been able to run the ball all year, and all of a sudden they're bullying the Bills. Like, I, I'm not trying to talk about the Dolphins here at length. I'm sorry, that's not what we're doing here. But I just think that this thought of, like, well, the Bills beat the Dolphins, like, it, it was really more of Josh beating the Dolphins
1: then I thought the Bills really beat the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, and for those that don't know, the dude went to Yale, so like he's <laughs> he's smart enough to know what he's doing uh, here, folks. But, the, you know, the fact they did all that stuff, it set up what we got because the Dolphins came back, they took the lead, yep. uh, then the Bills get it, they're backed all the way up, you know, a little less than six minutes to go. I, I, whoever controls these things, whoever's writing the script said, okay, let's turn, <laughs> on, turn on a little snow now, let's turn up the snow just a little bit. And you know you talk about making adjustments, and the Bills adjusted. They barely threw the ball in the last drive. It was Allen. It was Singletary, and they just ran all over the Dolphins to get in the field goal range. It was really impressive. They they went, I guess it was six minutes, but they basically ran their four minute offense for six minutes. Said we're not giving the ball back, and it worked.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, it was it was on Josh's legs. As the conditions worsened, I, I had a feeling that Josh. I I bet. His over rushing attempts, I bet his over rushing yards, because I just figured with the conditions that Josh was going to kind of have to put the team on his back, and that's exactly what he did. The third quarter where the Bills was probably their worst quarter of the of the season just looked totally lost on offense, um, and it felt like the game was really slipping away. And then what happened? Josh, I, I said, the, I think on the touchdown drive that tied it up, where he also had the two point conversion, where he Superman lunged into <laughs> the end zone. I go, that drive was brought to you by Josh Allen's heart and will. Like, that, that that was what it was. It wasn't pretty. Um, I'm not going to give too much credit to Ken Dorsey because I think it was just Allen being Josh Allen um, because I think this, this team hasn't adjusted all that well. I do a report card. I try to do a report card um, every Monday after a game. Obviously, they've had weird schedules and things like that. And I'm going through and I kind of grade each position. And I was saying the defense had issues. They had a ton of missed tackles. Uh, I'd probably give them a C. Uh, the only thing keeping Josh Allen from having an A-plus was his turnover in the third quarter where they kind of they went stale. But, you know, Stephon Diggs was held in check. Outside of Josh Allen, the offensive line was banged up, and they only rushed the ball for about four yards to carry. But nothing was really pretty about it, but in the end, it's just good teams find a way to win. And it doesn't matter if the Bills win by 30 or 1. They just need to keep winning so that the Super Bowl goes through Orchard Park in that kind of condition.
1: Uh yeah, and here's what it sets up. And, and man, this is going to be wild. So the Bills have at Bears, at Bengals, and the yep. Patriots to close out. It's very simple. Win out one seed. Like that's not in question. Yep. If you if you lose the Bengals game if you're the Bills, that's when chaos immediately starts. And and if you lose either, and and weirder stuff may even happen if you lose one of the other two games, but beat the Bengals, that that could be another situation where you're now uh, the two seed and potentially playing the Dolphins in in the first round. But like these games are massive, right? To get to get the games at home, especially the way Cincinnati's playing right now, like that game against the Bengals in two weeks is going to be Titanic. And man, if you lose it, the Bills are suddenly in a tough spot going forward.
0: Yeah, all of a sudden the Bengals could have the number one seed because yeah. they also have the tiebreaker over Kansas City. So they would have the head to head tiebreaker against the Bills and the Chiefs, which would pretty much give them the number one seed. And that, that has been this team's kind of rallying call and like their, their, their big motivation of, of why they needed to, to, to get the number one seed so that Kansas City has to come to Buffalo and that, that that's been this talk, right? We don't want to have to go through Arrowhead, all of those things. And, Brian, I, and I've been critical of the team over the last few weeks and things like that, but I remember um, the following, last week, I think I just said, you just need to win. Like, this is a Bills team that if they weren't clicking on all cylinders, they seem to struggle and lose games. It was like, it's like a pitcher that can only dominate when he's got his A game stuff. Well, guess what? Sometimes your fastball is missing its location, and you're going to have to pitch with a changeup and a curveball some outings. And guess what? The Bills have proven over the last five weeks. It hasn't been pretty, but they have won five in a row in really tough conditions, in really tough elements against some pretty darn good football teams. You go back and look at what the Lions have done. All of a sudden, that win looks more and more impressive about how the Bills were able to pull out that win with all that they had gone through. That was their third game in 12 days. Like That's an impressive win. Winning in New England is never easy. They got that done. Then they go and beat the Dolphins. Like This is a team that I felt like in years past, if they weren't perfect, they lost. This is a team that has shown me it could be ugly, it could be pretty, but it doesn't matter. This team has something that it's, it's given them the, the perseverance to win in these games that are, you know, the deck at times. Like I said they, they lost Mitch Morris. Who knows how long he'll be out. It's his sixth documented concussion. Mm. Like, he's massively important to the offensive line, and they still got to win. I think that's huge
1: uh six is a lot that that is something they they need to look into there obviously uh, yeah. head injuries and all that stuff is much more uh significantly looked at these days uh, our guest is Dan Fates from Wham in Rochester we're talking bills here and you know playoff hopes and the whole thing and, and Dan I can't help but think back to last season at this time with the Bears coming up you know the Bears aren't great Justin Fields is kind of making them interesting right now but they're still not good yeah uh, the Jaguars game happened last year, where the Bills had no business losing that <laughs> game, and they did. Like, is that something? Not, not that you want to dwell on that game from a year ago, right now. But is that something that keeps everybody on track here this week, knowing that okay, last week some random silly yeah. game cost the one seed. Like the Bears, they're the only game left that is really can be a random silly game right now.
0: Yeah, they always talk about you turn the page after you know weird losses, but I, I think you're spot on. I think the Jaguars' loss is still in the back of their heads. I also think 13 seconds is in the back of their head, Brian. Look at what they did at the end of the game. I I know Mark Sanchez, who I thought was horrendous on the call. I know some people thought he was great. I thought he was so ill-informed at times of the game that when Devin Singletary went down and he's like, well, I'd rather have the seven points. The only way the Bills lose that game is if they give the ball back to the Dolphins. And I understand it's tough conditions, but Tyler Bass in those conditions, he kicks it all the time. Like, It's a chip shot for him. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that you can do that can go wrong, you score a touchdown. Okay, so what? Miami has the ball with 34 seconds left. I don't know, a decent return. And they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Like, do you really want to put this up to a Hail Mary? Like, the only way you can lose this game. But I think the awareness. I think this team has learned from their mistakes, whether it's taking the Jags too lightly, whether it's 13 seconds, how can we handle this differently? I think they've learned a lot from it. I think that does keep them on their toes, and I think it makes them a very resilient team um, in, in the wake of what they've gone through and what they're looking to get.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and it maybe hasn't been the prettiest of points this year for the Bills, but you're right. Like, that was by design, so it's different.
0: And Look at the Chiefs. They, they just went to overtime with the Texans. Yeah. Like, we're going to sit here and, and, again, I can be critical of the Bills. I understand that. But I can also sit there and say they've won five games in a row in the heart of the schedule when things have gotten tough and they've been thrown with snowstorms and moving games and all of those things that if they lost, I could probably come on here on the radio and say, hey, you know, they got an excuse. You know, Josh's elbow's been bothering them and they're losing offensive linemen. They're just winning. They lost Von Miller. They keep winning. Like it's it's one thing after another that this team has. Again, I, I can be critical of them because I held them to the standard that was last year with Brian Gable and the offense just seemed to be clicking. This team's winning in a different way. It's it's kind of ugly. You know, Von Miller's motto has been "Don't blink" this year. Yeah, this team really hasn't blinked all that much. Um, it hasn't been the this beautiful beauty pageant type performance every week, but they're walking away with wins.
1: And hey, it's the NFL, man. That is all that matters in the NFL. They don't ask you how when it comes down to the end of it. We know this, if they win three more in a row, uh, uh, your travel this postseason is going to be a lot easier than some of these other years. So we'll uh, we'll wait for that so you can get some uh, home games. All right, Dan, uh, good stuff. we don't talk to you in the next couple weeks, happy holidays, and I'm sure we'll talk to you at least uh, when we get around to playoff time.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on as always. Appreciate it. Happy holidays.
1: All right, that is Dan Fates from Wham in Rochester. Final break now, final wrap. And what's on tap tonight when we come back is com and ESPN Radio.